Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Last Factor Podcast. So, Archers, we, uh, yeah, like you said, on attack especially, just keeping Manny and Holman was yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah, the one thing that did surprise me about the Archers is Ryan Ambler. How do you feel about Ryan Ambler? I, how do I feel about them keeping him? Yeah, because I was kind of in the mindset that they would keep Danny Ipe as a transition midi, fastest guy in the PLL. Ryan Ambler is a good player, and I get that he played with Tom Schreiber at uh, at Princeton, but I thought Danny Ipe was a better choice there. Just my how, opinion. How many guys do you think that went unprotected that'll actually that they'll actually lose? Do you think they lose Ipe for sure? That's a great question because. You got to think about who they're going to pick up. And then on top of that, there's free agency yep. outside of the league, right? Yep. So maybe they know something we don't. And they know that guys are going to be coming from different leagues or whatever might have you. But I think I might get picked up. And I don't know if I want to risk that. But that's a and good I, point. That's a good point. And I saw a couple of scenarios where, like in this case here, they only keep two attack, but they have Pat yeah. Spencer was exempted. So assuming yeah, Pat Spencer I was thinking about that too. Yep. And, and I mean, that's a perfect compliment right there. Manny mm-hmm. Holman, you've got a bunch of guys that are, you know, Manny and Holman are primarily goal scorers, but they're right. capable of being 50, 50 guys. And Spencer's, you know, he's a 40, 40, 60 guy in terms exactly. of percentages. Uh, exactly. And Ambler's more of an off ball player. So he'd probably compliment, you know, a Schreiber or a Pat Spencer really well in that aspect. He kind of dodges, like you said, that two slide dodge. He kind of works off of that a little bit in some crease work. I was I I mean I wasn't surprised just because uh, numbers dictate who they get rid of, but uh, Macintosh yeah. and Sankey had to be painful for them to leave unprotected. Yeah, Macintosh well. is tough too, and same with Sankey. I mean, Sankey didn't play great with the Woods, which is why the Woods picked up um, Jules Henningberg in the first place, which turned out really well for them. But yeah, I mean, you just look down the line on all these rosters of the unprotected players, and it's it's an all star list yep. at the end of the day. Like right on defense, they leave place, Jackson place unprotected. Yeah. And and I saw something on inside lacrosse where people were complaining that they kept uh, um, Corley. Is it Corley or Sorley? I always screw Uh, it up. Curtis Corley. Corley. And, uh, but I I thought that was okay. I didn't think that was odd. Scotty Ratliff, McMahon. So they had solid returners on the defensive end. Yeah. Like I said, not a whole lot of surprises with this. I would say that, um, who was it that we just talked about? Uh, Corley. He was good at Maryland, but on ball, I don't know. He wasn't like one of the premier guys, in my opinion, because I look at a lot of defensive stuff and, you know, he's a world-class defender, but I don't know if he's a protected PLO player, roster player is what I mean. Yep. Yeah. And who else did they give up? Jackson plays. But then you look at the yeah. name, the names of the guys that they, 
on defense anyway, that they left unprotected. And I could see why they protected the three they did. Yeah. Jackson place got hurt at the end of that last year, but I think before that he was starting, but I don't know. Injuries kind of play a part of that as well, but. And then the exempted list, what, cause I'm PLL stupid to a degree still. Yeah, why yeah. are those players exempted? Is it because they were drafted and didn't play last year? Some of it. Yeah. Some of it's like that. Some of it is also military. So you guys got, you got, you have guys like Matt Rees, Johnny Serdic, who are in the military yep. and they're exempt for that reason. And then other guys like Austin Stotts was um, a rookie holdout situation for him from what I read, because they listed it um, somewhere on um, some website. I read it and I was curious as to why people were exempt in the first place. And yeah, most of it was military and just rookie holdouts. And Stotts is a, a ridiculous offensive pickup for them. That dude is insane. I, I really hope he plays. Same thing with Curtis Dixon. I know they both didn't play last year, but they would be so much fun to watch in this league at a fast pace. And uh, I, I coached at Broom, so I had the, the displeasure of having to uh, coach against a bunch of the Onondaga kids. Oh, so no. like Co- Cody Jamison yeah. uh, played at Syracuse for two years. Uh, he, we, he roached us a couple of times. Um, I'm trying to think there was a long pole that ended up playing for Syracuse, but we would, we would lose legitimately 27 to three. And I mean, they were capable of beating teams 50 to one if they had wanted yeah, I to. I know it's, it's really insane what that school has going on there, but anyway, to get back to it, do you want to move on or? Yep. Yeah. We can go yeah. to who was, I'll just rip through my list and then you can interject, but I had yeah. the, the Atlas up next. Okay. And this one was weird too. And I'm wondering if this plays into, do the Atlas have the number one pick or the number two pick? I want to say they have the number two pick behind the Chrome. Chrome have the number one pick. Because they, on attack, keep two kind of goal-scoring yep, attacks. Yeah, exactly they don't have... what I saw, too. Who's the initiator in that offense? Yep, so that's where uh, I saw even an inside lacrosse and a couple other guys were saying, does this mean that they're feeling pretty confident they're going to end up with an AMAT? But it's not even just mm-hmm. an AMAT, because uh, you figure, let's say somebody does something crazy and they take TD number yeah. one, or somebody takes AMAT number one, you have uh, Sowers number two. Yeah, or at least somebody like uh, like the like the Atlas could take a sour. So you right, two, two right. guys that could anchor an offense that they could that they could take uh, with their with their first pick and fill yeah, that I think, hole. I think that's a great point to make too, because I mean between Amen and Sowers, you really can't go wrong. I mean Amen had more. I mean he had the most assists in a season ever. I think that speaks a little bit more for him. But between Sowers and Amen, I mean they're still they're so young in their career too. Through they haven't played any professional lacrosse. They haven't messed with these guys before, but either Amen or Sowers feeding Eric Law and Ryan Brown or Connor Buzchek, that is scary. That's yep. very scary. And uh, who would you pick? If you had the, if you had the number one pick <laughs> in the draft, who would you take? Because I'm not taking TD. I'm taking one think of I'd those two. I don't take TD either, even though he's so good and not just at face-offs. He's so versatile off the ground. But if I have the number one pick, I, I want to say I have to go with Amen. Even though Sowers might be a better goal scorer, I think Amen's more designed to be a feeder in that offense and that he can score goals, more goals if he wanted to. So I would I would go with Amen in that sense. Yeah. I'm a Sowers guy all the way. Sowers, but I, mean, I, I like love I'm a both big homer. Yeah, yeah. I love both of them. So And then yeah. I like it when I gain gain players' fathers as subscribers. Oh, so yeah? you put you, you put up like a video. I put up a Sowers video a little while ago and sure as crap, there's Sowers dad. Uh, same thing happens to me too. Up. Same thing, or like a Instagram follower or something like that from a parent yep. from some kids' video that I'm. Yeah, it's pretty cool that way. 
I, I haven't harnessed the uh, the Instagram well yet. See, that's um, what I'm. I see. I suck at Twitter, but I'm decent at Instagram, and I have like 600 or 700 followers on there. I'm gonna work on that this season. I'm just gonna start but. buying them, and I, <laughs> and I don't mean like the shady buying. I mean the legitimate, yeah, yeah, yeah. the little legitimate advertising to purchase the. the no, I get the it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. and and we haven't even talked about, but they uh, they protected obviously was are we still on the Atlas uh, Baptiste? Yeah. That, that went without saying. I get that. Yeah, that's totally 100%. I'm trying to – let me see at the uh, unprotected list, see if there's anybody that surprises me. Tinny. I would say one guy. Tinny, yeah. Tinny is tough. And then Caveman Raphorse is another yep. guy. Um, because they're going to lose them both, I would I would assume. I would assume Tinny's getting snatched up, yep. and I would assume that Van Rapp is going to – see, Van Rapp, I don't think that's as – like I would keep Durkin and Hartzell over Van Raphorst. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, I agree. you know, as it played out, I could see where they had to make a decision, but obviously mm-hmm. they're hoping to hell that they're able to keep Van Raphorst. Yeah. Another guy, Ryan Conrad, he yeah. really didn't play great with them last year. I mean, nope. he came in halfway through the season after playing an entire season of college lacrosse, which makes a lot of sense, you know, but I don't know. Midfield wise, I think he would have been a really good two-way midi and a really good initiator too for them. One, He had one of the, about. one of the best, seasons of a midfielder ever in yeah. my opinion and he won a championship and he yep. was clutch you know yep. he and came they, up big in big moments and they don't win that championship without him Not they don't shy. get they don't get to it at least without him maybe in that game you know you could say it yeah. could have gone either way but he was just he was too key so losing tinny though that's going to be painful for him and then tinny, um, definitely but hey you got baptiste though so you lose yeah. tinny and his production but you uh you're going to win faceoffs at least there you go exactly as we're talking about baptiste what did you think about the all-star game and how they mixed it up at the dot? And yeah. the, the, the main thing that surprised me was it didn't matter how they put the ball on the ground in front of those guys. He came away with it regardless, uh, it, it, whether they were dropping it hockey yep. style, he came away with it. It just didn't matter. The only guy that I've, I, that I can remember that really challenged Baptiste on the field in faceoffs was TD Erlen two years, not this past season, but the one before that when they yep. played, um, in the playoffs that's the only time i've seen baptiste challenged by another face-off guy but i mean that dude plays box he can do it all he's, he's yep. crazy athletic he gets low to the ground and he's just he never runs out of gas i, I don't know who his coach is in the nll but i heard him talking about he's he's like a you know goal a game win yeah. you a boatload of face-off guys in the nll mm-hmm. for the rest of his career he'll have yeah value first season level. he won a lot of face-offs he got a lot of ground balls didn't score a whole lot but this season, he's already got a few more goals than I think he did last year. And it's like a few weeks in. So it's that right speed, boy. Him. Yeah, exactly. That was, that, that was one of my mo- my favorite moments all year was where he was being interviewed, scored that goal, yeah. and then was like, it's that speed, boy, or whatever it yep. was that he said. That was all great. time, all time quote, all time. Um, so moving on to the chaos. Yep. And this one, I think they have one of the most balanced rosters around, partly because In general. Yeah. They at first I'm looking at their attack and I'm like, oh, they keep Fields and Burn. Is that is that the only two guys that they kept? Mm-hmm. That is the only uh, yeah, it's the only attack that they kept there. But then I see they got Austin uh, Stotts. That's that's the thing is like you just don't know what he's gonna do, and I hope he plays obviously because like you said he's disgusting, but I guess what's, we'll see. What's keeping him from playing? I just I don't, don't understand. Don't like, know. is it's it's a great question. I mean. Like you said, the lacrosse world isn't covered as much in media as other sports. So stories like that don't formulate. They don't come out as much. But 
Yeah, like I said, I really don't know. I just know he's got um, rookie holdout is what the uh, diagnosis is there. All right, now I'm going to have to get to the bottom of that one. Yeah, there you go. Midfield, there was no surprises at all. Uh, class, 13 points for Caro, 14 mm-hmm. and 10. Mm-hmm. Jones, 7 and 10. Jones was a little bit inconsistent, I thought, but he's yeah, got to keep he was. He's, he's too um He's too much of an attention dragger as an initiator. And even as a feeder, he was so good at Duke and in professional. That's one asset of his, of his game that he's really improved. And one guy I was kind of surprised about was possibly Miles Thompson. Yep. Because I think he works so well with Byrne and uh, Connor Fields. Like, why would you mess with it? But at the same time, I see he's not as versatile as other players in there. So I, I understand it, but I may have done differently. And and we I forget what they had said each team loses, but it's not like the, the chance that they retain. Like, as I'm sitting here and I'm like, holy crap, they didn't protect – this entire yeah. list of guys, I mean, the chance that they lose even one of them, you know, is probably right. that's about so, all they're so going like, to lose. The mindset that we have is like, oh, my God, all these guys aren't on the chaos anymore. They're gone. They're gone. They're in oblivion, different yep. teams. When in reality, like you said, I think the max that you can take from one team is four. So the yep. max that they're going to lose off that team is four of these guys. So overall, the rosters aren't going to look that different. But there's going to be those one to two guys that they kind of pick out of there that, that make a difference. And Johnny Serdic is exempted. And what have you heard anything about the prospect of him playing? No, I just know that he's military and so is Matt Rees. And Matt Rees was a monster for them last year, too, at LSM. And then so, we got Brody Merrill, they got the geezer. Yep. I don't, yep. I, I don't remember what they said the prospect of him being picked up was, but obviously they're going to want to try to keep him despite yeah, I mean, being that's old. Good experience. I mean, he's coach at Hill Academy. He's been playing this game for so long. Be a great guy to pick up and just have as a leader in a new organization, I think. I think but, it's funny. I think it's funny that Blaze Reardon just put up a hat trick uh, just this past week. Isn't weekend that the weirdest thing the is NLL. that he's so good at goal and then he's just nasty with a short stick too? I wasn't a big fan of him a, as a keeper at Albany, but obviously everybody was kind of a fan of him as a keeper in the in the PLL. Yeah. But uh, that that's kind of a thing for Albany. They've always had guys that could go coast to coast and score goals not that blaze different players yeah, different and, types of players because uh queener queener yeah, he Queener. was an old an old albany goalie and yep. uh i always tell the story when he was a little kid i, I played uh my freshman year at cuca up in penyan so we used to go and play in the box in town yeah and uh, goalies wouldn't show up so little queener would hop in the cage and he must have been all of like 10 years old 12 years old and yeah. uh, Coach Queener's rule was just he can play with you guys. You just can't light it up on him. You got to one-on-ones. He had to take one-on-ones with right. 12-year-old right. Queener. And we're playing. I mean, Penny Ann's a lacrosse, you know, kind of a lacrosse hotbed to a degree. Sure. And uh, so, I mean, there's, a, you know, two, probably two or three All-American level college players at any given night rolling in here. And this, this kid is hopping in cage and, and hanging with all of us. That's so that unreal. was pretty funny. Was he quick then, too? I mean, he's the fastest yeah. goalie. I've ever I don't, seen. I don't remember. It was all <laughs> yeah, a blur. Yeah. It was, fair. I fair. was, I was 17. I wasn't even 18 yet. I was 17 at that time. Yeah. And I'm 42 now. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm an old ass man, but that made sense. And then they kept Kelly. I see pretty much. Yeah. There was only one team that didn't keep a face off guy, right? Who was that? Yeah. That's um, without looking Redwoods. It was, was it the woods? Yep. Yeah. They didn't keep, I thought they keep Greg Garillion and they didn't. Nope. They didn't keep him. The gorilla is gone. He is. But the water, wait, do the what what pick do the water dogs get in the draft? No idea. That's that's a good question. I I wouldn't they might get the first pick. I mean, and what's Rob Pinnell gonna do? 
That is all right. That is the big question that everyone is wondering. I saw on Twitter, like maybe a month or six weeks ago, that there's some buzz about him telling like a family friend that he was leaving or something, but there's nothing. I was in on that set in stone. There's nothing set in stone and all that. Nope. And I, I made a big announcement. I did a whole video about it that did pretty well. I saw that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just me going out on a limb. I've done that before too. I went out on a limb uh, uh, at the end of the year. Someone had said that uh, a bunch of kids on the Syracuse team had been getting calls from their buddies on Maryland that Tillman was leaving. Uh, And that whole rumor was started because he had bought a house in Annapolis. I think is what it was, or something. But who, who the hell wouldn't want a house in Annapolis? You know, where you're living down there. Absolutely. So I'm a hot take guy, apparently, also, and sometimes I'm wrong. So I'm hoping that Pinnell yeah, I'm, I'm joins not there the yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm working towards it for the time being. But uh, I was going to move on to the uh, to the Chrome. Chrome. Yep. Let's do the Chrome. All right. So there, Justin Gutterding, Matt Donowski. How do you feel about Matt Donowski getting uh, getting picked up here for the protected list? I mean, I'm looking at Karate too. You know, they're just a couple of geezers. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's why they kept them together, but I, but they produced. And they so even though together. they're old, they work together at Duke too. They're yep. both coaches there. But um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look down the list here and see if there's anybody that surprised me that they didn't keep. I mean, I mean, I, is, uh, I can Ramar see Dennis. I can see keeping those two at midfield, and then you got McIntosh and Haas. I mean, they got a, a vets. It's a very yeah. veteran, you know, a Joel nice White. deep core. Yep. yep. Plus uh, Connor Farrell. D, they were a little weak. Not weak, I wouldn't say, because at first I was like, ah, they just kept Manly and White, and that yeah. was it. But Brandon Mullins was uh, – he's unprotected, right? Yeah, Mullins is unprotected. I wondered if he – he because, I mean, he at one point, he was one of the best defenders in pro lacrosse yeah. for at least yeah. a year or two. And it looks like they just went with their top midfielder – or not midfielder, rather, but defense in Mike Manley. Yep. But that defense was kind of discombobulated last year to begin with, so maybe they just – want a clean slate or they don't think that one of their guys is going to get picked because they didn't have a good defense. Yep. And Wolf and Gutterding on uh attack. Oh, those is are no-brainer. automatic. Yeah. That's a no brainer. Jordan Mac, Jordan McIntosh shot 44% from the midfield last year. That's, that's crazy. Outstanding. That's outstanding. Will Haas, two way midi, Joel White, super versatile, short stick, long stick, doesn't matter for him. And then Connor Farrell, their one face off guy with a bright future. So and it's the goalie, they were they were damned. There was really not much they could do. They've got two aged goalies and then an inconsistent uh, third yeah. keeper. Yeah, exactly. But still, you got to wait. I don't want to say this because John Galloway is my favorite goalie of all time. Yeah. But uh, it feels kind of like they had to waste uh, uh, protection on an aged goalie that didn't have that great of a season last he year. He didn't. He really didn't. And maybe that's some of it's adapting to a new style of play. But, you know, looks like the other goal is kind of adapted a little bit faster than he did. So looks like they're giving him a second chance. And he was never a huge ball stopper. He was always more of a game manager, defense manager. He's crazy athletic, super vocal. I like watching him play. He's an interesting goalie to watch. You can see a whole lot of body language, too. He's my guy that if uh, Desco ever, you know, when Desco decides to step down, because I don't see Syracuse ever getting rid of a coach it gets them consistently to the tournament like that yeah um uh, he was galloway is my pick i would love to see galloway coming and, and take over the orange he's with uh, jacksonville point. right now yep. he's the head coach down there but i i'd imagine that he would love to take that syracuse coach uh coaching job though i've heard from a couple of people that it was nearly a done deal Ooh. but being from this area and then knowing yeah. a bunch of people around here that are you know semi-connected right. i've heard that um that Galloway was pretty much the coach in waiting. I've heard that Gary Gate 
was just sitting there coaching the women's team, waiting for Desco to step down so he could yeah. take over. So I've heard that they've promised this gig to all sorts of people. You probably heard a lot of things, especially yeah. being from that area. Yep. So I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> yeah. Overall with the Chrome, I didn't think there was a whole lot of surprises there. No. And they're loaded. Yeah. They're not, no, they're not loaded. We were talking, who was, who was the chaos we were saying was loaded. Chaos the Chrome. loaded. Yeah. And then, yeah, they have some young guys in here, like, you know, Chris Sabia for defense and, but they're, they're off. They kept all their best offensive players, really. Yep. Like they didn't, they didn't miss anything there. And, you know, their defense wasn't that great to begin with. They're probably not going to get picked up. So they really don't lose anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it, nobody wants half those guys anyway, no, because that's, they, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They sucked. Yeah, exactly. See, and because there was no regional teams, I had to pick a team to try to follow and, and like. Yeah. So of course I picked the Chrome. Mostly yep, because of Syracuse, Galloway, yeah. Mullins was on the roster. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take these guys. And mm-hmm. that didn't work out for me I, very I well at all. I think the chaos, just because I like the box style of play, the Thompson, it, it felt more like an Albany kind of team. Yep. And then you had Miles Jones and Deemer class in there. So that was my team overall. But I just like the whole league. So I followed everybody. I still think it's a huge mistake not having a teams tied to regions. Yeah, and I get I get it. And then it's like uh, they they tried to tie teams with college players for the most part, right? Yep. The Redwoods, AKA Notre Dame slash, you know, some Brown players mixed in there. I think that's how they approach the marketing side of it. The cities, the only thing I could think of as to why they wouldn't want to do a city-based thing is because one, there's the MLL and then two, the renting of venues on a week to week basis might increase their expense costs. I don't know how that, I don't know how much that would actually increase their expenses, but I'd imagine it'd be a lot easier just to rent out one stadium per week as opposed to, you know, whole slew of them on a week-to-week basis yep i still i'm, a, I'm an old man like i've yeah. noticed the, <laughs> the younger generation seems to not care yeah and they just they're, they're in, you know like it's kind of what we'd call my generation calls the nba generation where yeah, that absolutely. you know when i was a kid every sport i loved it was new york i was a giants fan i was a yankees fan i was a syracuse fan but in basketball because the knicks sucked Yep. I was a Bulls fan because I and was the Michael Jordan era. So that's who everybody I, I kind of made that comparison myself where I'm a big Steeler fan, you know, from Pittsburgh and everything die hard. Yep. If big Ben goes somewhere, it's not like I immediately become a Chargers fan. Right. But then in the NBA, like you're talking about if say LeBron James wanted to make his own sports league, right. He up and leaves, he grabs Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and you know, the top players in the NBA which, which, um, which sports league are you going to watch? You're going to watch LeBron's league. The one without LeBron. You are? I just, I, I hate LeBron. I don't hate LeBron uh, James. Okay, okay, okay. I was just making, because he's like, you know, the the superstar of the NBA, you know, debatable, whatever. But he's essentially one of the, the few faces of it at the top. And personally, if you want to watch the best basketball in the world, you're probably going to watch the other league with the better players. Yep. Overall. I agree. That's why I'd, I've never been a big NBA fan, though, mostly because I, you know, once the Bulls were done and Jordan was done, it's like, OK, I was only a Bulls fan for my yeah. I was a homer. It was the only sport I was a homer in. And um, so now I'm just Q's basketball. And it's been a terrible, terrible season for yeah. uh, Q's outside of that UVA win this weekend. That was pretty nice. Yeah, I don't keep up to date too much with college basketball. I did last year with Zion and all those guys. I mean, how couldn't you? Yep. But Yeah. I could see, I see the argument anyway for both sides of the PLO marketing and how they're going about it. But I think somewhere um, Raybo alluded to having eventually um, city-based teams. Like this yep. is kind of the initial, um, I guess you would call it like setting and then they're going to get into that, but they just haven't yet. Maybe it's just part of the roadmap. Get out there, 
get seen, gain the following, right. and then start to to settle after because they don't even have to play all the games there. You could just it could have been just um, uh, you just do each team would host one event in their yep. city and it could still just be a one bang that's that's might only true, get yeah. one event and and everyone else could still go around but at least then they would have gained fans in right. those regions in automatically city, you're basically rooting for this team this is their city they defend it they could have done all that shit if they really wanted to and that's why the nll works because the nll it like they're Love attra- the NLL. Love and they're the track they're attracting non-lacrosse fans just season yeah. ticket holders for the hockey teams that that are bored mm-hmm. and want to keep sitting in their seats through the and that those houses are packed man those games yep. are crazy you see it the fans that they're into it all right back back to task yeah, yeah we yeah. have the what the redwoods yep redwoods which not a Attack was easy peasy. Kavanaugh, yeah, yeah. Garnsey, and Hennenberg. I can't believe who, who who did Hennenberg play for at the beginning of last year? He was crap. Who is he with? Um, wherever he was, he wasn't fitting in though. I'm trying to remember where he got. Tri- oh, he was with the uh, Whip Snakes, isn't that right? Gotcha. Yeah, Whip could snakes, be. Yeah. I declared um, shenanigans. I felt like that was a little bit of league fixing, getting rid of one of the best mm. young attackmen in the league. And just yeah, like, why yeah, the yeah. hell would you get rid of that kid early, early season like that? But like I said, they weren't really utilizing him that much. And they had Sankey at the time and Sankey wasn't doing too much. I think he was shooting under 15% whenever I was looking at the numbers. And as soon as they put Henningberg in it, everything changed for them. It was like a total 180 on offense. And then I see they have Brendan uh, Gleason exempted Notre Dame, yeah. Notre Dame kid. And what? Matt Landis. Ugh. Was he, Oh, where was he? Um, oh, I do have him down there. Yep. Yeah, Matt, Landis. Matt Landis. Yep. See, I didn't know that whenever I projected my team, I had, I had him and then um, Apple and Glazen are all protected, but having Matt Landis exempt, I mean, that's, that's a freebie right there, but that's a dirty defense right there. I oh, mean, that's, that's, that's a it's bunch insane. of guys that they're, that they'll probably get back. Hugh Krantz, do you think they lose him? Uh, I think they do lose. Uh, do they lose him? I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to pick him up. I know he's a really good player, but from watching him last year, I don't know if he's like a top defender in the league kind of guy. And then if, I mean, there's so many other great defenders in here, they might pick him, they might not, but even if they don't, they already have such a solid defense, so they can afford to lose him, I think. And and this is the one we haven't talked about yet, right? Kyle Harrison? Yeah. Did we talk Kyle about Harrison. did we talk about that before we started recording? Yeah, before we started, we talked about him a little bit. And like I said, um, three goals in ten games, no assists, and ten point five percent shooting. Yeah, I don't get it. And and I heard I heard somebody make the argument that Salcedo played shaky down the stretch that he played tough, but I mean I mean the dude's young and he's ripped. Yeah. And more importantly, he's a friend of my channel, so I'm all about him. <laughs> Yeah, I see. I knew you'd be a big Salcedo guy too, you know. And I, I actually started playing lacrosse in Fort Myers, Florida. He's a Florida kid, so I love him to death. You know, I love his game. I love everything that he's about. Um, but yeah, like I said, I can't believe that they would give him up because he's going to get picked up. I yeah, no, oh, 100%. Him. Yeah, he had 19 points last year, 10 goals, 9 assists. He shot 23%, but that's not, you know, that's twice as much as Kyle Harrison. At the end of the day, if we're talking about protected players – I mean, for value, I think Salcedo is way more athletic. He can do way more. The only thing I can see is if they wanted Kyle Harrison to be more of an outside shooter type of guy, they wanted the attackman to initiate more. They wanted him as a step-down shooter, and they felt like he might have been better than Salcedo, but even that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a hot – you can't make that argument. So, yeah, Salcedo had a cannon. I, I saw him yeah, score the game the yeah. game winner with no time on the clock at Cornell, what, three or four years ago when yeah. Hughes played Cornell up there. 
That's that a beautiful insane. place to see a game is uh, Cornell. Yeah. You watch Syracuse play up there with the sun going down on the hill behind the stadium. Now mm-hmm. there's like a big parking garage fucking up the view in there. But yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful venue. Um, and then Berg. I would have taken Berg over Harrison, I think. Wes Berg, yeah, another guy. Let's but see. I get Perkovic, then, Adams, Walters. You know, I mean, I get yeah. those guys, but that Harrison one I was wondering about. And I, I get that they keep Perkovic. That makes obvious sense. Outside shooter, he stretches the defense, opens up the attack. Yeah, the, really the only surprise here. What, what do you think about uh, Joe Walters being on that list too as another older member of that team? Is it maybe something they're trying to do here? With I mean, because Walters, I, I presume, you know, still – rips rope and really yeah he still rips but like i said just getting older yep i i would i would take him though over at least because if you were to put harrison yeah if you were to put him as a spot shooter and say hey this is what you're going to do with these attackmen that we have and all the attention they're going to draw all three of those attackmen are going to draw attention and can create i could see filling it up outside with with shooters but that's kind of the way i saw it too and salcedo did have the keys to the offense a good bit last year so maybe they want to move away from that. I mean, they have the reasons. I mean, Kyle Harrison also like the intangibles, like him being the GOAT, you know, the attention that he brings to your team, to your organization. That also means something, the leadership qualities across the board, that that also means something. But just from a play standpoint, I mean, Salcedo is definitely the better player. Or is it rigged and Harrison is just one of the, he gets more That's, of a, yeah. a say than other people. So it's like, nah, I'm getting, I'm getting. He's on, yeah, he's on the inside. He already made his pick. He's picking himself. He's yep. over Salcedo there. For a sure. backroom deal with Rabel <laughs> over some expensive scotch. Yeah, there it is. For and sure. a cigar. For sure. Defensively, they're loaded though. We said early, I'm jumping. Yeah. I'm yeah. jumping. Yeah. That's not bad though. But that was the, that, that's the head scratcher of all of them. I yeah, I mean, that's the Harrison the move. Yeah, and no disrespect to the guy. I mean, he's the GOAT. I used to watch his jump shot videos in like 0.25 motion to try and copy that in high school and everything. But I, right I, now, you know. I hated his guts. You hated him? Oh, I hated oh, him with, a, with a fucking yeah, yeah. passion. I hated yeah, yeah, his yeah. guts. That makes sense. See, whenever he was playing, I was just growing up. So my guy was Rabel when I was growing up. Yep, I hated so, him too. That's fantastic. That's Fuck that guy. Is just, uh, yeah. What the hell is he doing? What I, I mean, and, and now I don't give a shit. Now I'm just big fans of all yeah. of these guys. But as a as a kid, I was especially if before I got into the podcasting thing, I was a fairly bitter fan. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was like fuck UVA, Duke, yeah. Notre Dame, Hopkins could. All, you know, I would re, I would bathe in the blood of a Hopkins loss. It, yep. You know that kind of thing. And now I've been forced. Not even first, right. but you now can't. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of everybody. I love I just love watching all, especially the ACC, Big Ten. Oh games. my god! When Those you see are, a Duke or Syracuse or like, I mean that's just like all right. I'm not doing anything Saturday. I'm watching lacrosse all day. I'm sitting on my couch. That's all I'm doing. Hopkins, UVA last yeah. year, like the, the big UVA ones. Right Hopkins, Penn State, uh, Maryland, Penn State. Yep. Like I mean, all those matchups are. And now there's so much more parity in lacrosse that there's so many more good games in general. It's not yep. like you have to wait you know, six to eight weeks to get a good game. It's like every single weekend there's teams playing and competing at a high level. And these were the, the Redwoods, the only guys that didn't keep a face off guy, but they'll, they'll correct. Yeah, it. I think and, they can manage. And there's a bunch of unprotected face off men that who knows, like if, if as teams start to fill out their roster, mm-hmm. how many of these un, unprotected players end up getting cut. I don't know how the, how the and whole, we, we haven't even seen the whole like pre-agency that like that yeah. whole thing comes into play. Like who even knows how that affects everything, what they know and what we don't know. How many MLL guys will be jumping I mean, that's, ship and that's not really re- the question? I mean, 
it's not looking hot over there. So it's not. We can talk. Maybe guys we, are definitely looking across the pond. You know, they're like kind of want to go over there. Well, the grass is greener. Yeah, way greener. I mean, at least it looks more fun. Even if it's yeah. not actually greener, it looks like you're, you're missing yeah. out on something if you don't go. Exactly. Um, the whips were by far the the thinnest at attack in terms of protected players, but they got yeah. Rambo, so that he's not thin at all. The little meat, you know, the no, meatball. No, no, no. And actually, on my prediction, I I predicted this team down to a key. Every single player on here, I have on my list as their um, protected players. Even Drenner. Yeah, Drenner. I, I almost put Drenner on there. If you watch my video, I kind of went back and forth with him, but I get why they left him off because he's a. I mean, he's such a good player, but. As an initiator, he's good, but they already have initiators. And he shot from that right wing. He was kind of like that guy on the post, but I don't know. I just don't think he's versatile enough for them. And there's so many other players. Like, they want to protect. You can't not protect Michael Earhart. You can't – I mean, their defense is what they really protected here, right? Four defensive guys and then their goalie. So that's five out of the five out of the 11 right there is defense. And then you throw in Ty Warner, that's seven. And then John Haas is a two-way midi. That's eight. So in reality, they have eight guys. And then Jake Bernhardt, nine, who can play defense. And then they have Matt Rambo and Mike Janichuk, two best yep. offensive players. And what, like we keep saying, it looks really bad that they only had one protected attack, but Brad Smith yeah. was exempted. And yep. they had, what, five, six unprotected attackmen. Maybe yep. one of them gets taken and the rest of them continue mm-hmm. to fill out the roster. And the so. thing is, is that they're all Maryland guys. They all played in the same system. And... I kind of feel like they can plug in guys here and there and they'll work just fine. They might not be as good as the best guy that can work off ball or the best guy that can, you know, dodge off a two slide, but they will be good enough to compliment Matt Rambo and Mike Chanichuk. And then the other two A middies that they have. So like guys like Ben Reeves, Joe Lacasio, Connor Kelly, Drenner, Jay Carlson. I mean, you go down the line, people can only take four people from their roster. Yep. So at the end of the day, they're not in bad hands. They're going to have guys who they can put in their offense that can score goals. I wasn't getting that when I was first looking at these lists. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, what are these what are they doing? doing? <laughs> but yeah, I just think, and then not to mention Jeremy Sieverts and Drew, like I can literally name 10 guys here who you can put in that offense that was, that will score goals. Yep. Undoubtedly. So and then you got the they, meatball, the meatball yeah. Matt Rambo yeah, anchoring so they, it all. They said, fuck it, take, you know, four of our best offensive players. We have four guys who are almost just as good as those guys are going to take. And then Even Nardella. I was surprised. Yeah. They, like, I, would, I was just surprised. I mean, is Nardella that good that he was worth protecting, or do they just need a face-off man? Um, I think part of it is they needed a face-off man, and I think he was decent last year. Let me see if 54, I can find 54%. Yeah, he was 54%. Trevor Baptiste was the league high at – 50 or 63 so joseph so, was basically tied at second i think he had a few goals in there yeah he had six goals and six assists as a face-off guy nardella yeah that's that'll do it for you yeah that'll yeah, neutralize that's 12 your points 12 points is a face-off guy and you're still winning half of a more than half of the draws so yeah that, so that explains that then essentially second in the league in face-off percentage and he definitely had the most points as a face-off guy 